Welcome back to Two Bookworms. One podcast. The book club podcast where two best friends talk about books. I'm Cameron. And I'm Lacey. And it's spooky season. Yes. It finally got cold. Well, cool. a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's really nice. I'm enjoying the weather. It was like 48 degrees this morning when we woke up. Yeah. Yeah, and it it only got up to like what seventy five or something like that. Yes, it was. So, I wore a jacket on my walk tonight, and it was so lovely. Like, oh, if it just get like a little bit colder, it'd be perfect. Yeah, I agree. Hopefully by Halloween. That's what I'm hoping. We'll see. We'll see. Well, um, let's just get into it. What was your suck for the week? So I've had a headache. For like a week solid now. <laughs> and then you had food poisoning. We were going to record at your house Saturday, and then you had food poisoning. So you've just been through it. Yeah, it's been a rough week. Poor thing. Well, do you think your headaches maybe like sinus headaches? Probably. Probably because the weather mm. coming in. Yeah. Ooh, you know what you need? You know what I'm going to say. It's my cure for everything. A medicine ball from Starbucks. Oh, yeah. And you just got to, like, breathe it in while it's still hot. Because I'm telling you, it's going to, like, clear up all that sinus junk. And it'll help your headache. And you're going to feel – and then drink it. And you're going to feel so much better. I also got some stuff from this place that's part of my suite for the week. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, um, I'll go with my suck. So, as you know, but not – the listeners, um, I had this huge project due last week and my professor emailed the entire class today, basically saying he was so disappointed in our work and still didn't tell us what the fuck he wants us to do. <laughs> Told us to resubmit it by Friday. And I'm like, <sighs> yeah. So how do you know what you did wrong? And then, yeah, and he's like, I'm not giving individual feedback, but here's a list of do and don't. And I'm like, just fucking tell me what you want. And the thing is, like Steve pointed out, I am, he does like lab hours every week from like three to five or something like that. And I went this past week because I needed help with a few things. And so basically the assignment was I had to build like a website and it had to be like three pages and you could, we had to teach them something. Um, so I told, I taught them how to shop. <laughs> Because I'm uh, really good at it. And so he saw mine. He made me share my screen and walked me on, like, how to code a few things. So he saw my project and everything that he said, I fixed. So Steve was like, I feel like your your website was in a pretty good situation because he actually saw yours. Yeah. And and gave you tips. Yes. And had me fix a few things while he was there on the Zoom call with me. So, I don't know, girl. Mm. I guess I'll be stressing until I turn that shit in again on Friday. I don't know. We'll see. Well, what's your sweet for the week? Because I know you're super excited about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I finally went to H-Mart. And if you're Ooh. not from here, H-Mart is basically an they Asian market. Place. Okay. Well, still for our British listeners, they're not yes. gonna know what H Mart is. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to burst your bubble, but they. Do. I I know they have them in California. I don't know that they have them anywhere else though. Yeah. 
Well, I know not English. I mean, no, definitely. They not. do. I'd be surprised. But it's an Asian market. It's a lot of imported Asian foods and items and all mm-hmm. of that, mostly Korean, but they have everything else too. And I just, mm-hmm. oh, their produce it's, it's fun. was yeah, gorgeous. Yes. And they have stuff that like, um, other, like Tom Thumb or wherever, Walmart, Target, that like those places don't have the stuff that H Mart has. And like you said, everything looks good. And it's usually cheaper too. Some of it. Some of you it. You have to catch it yeah. on sale. But like the second part of like the medicine ball that you were telling me, I got the Asian version of the medicine ball, which it's like this big jar of it's honey and it's got lemons and some other stuff mm-hmm. in it. And you put like one or two tablespoons in Ooh. hot water and drink it. So it's like a, like a tea or like, yeah. Oh, it's like I a citrus try honey some. tea, but it's, it's, in, it comes in like this jelly jar. It's really weird, but mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a go. You know, I have the tea bags for the medicine ball. It's the Jade Tranquil, it's the Jade citrus and the peach tranquility. Yeah. It's so hard to find the jade. So, okay, you bring your jelly, and then I have the tea bags, and we'll just freaking make some medicine balls. That sounds good. Yeah, that sounds fun. Ooh, okay, I'm going to, yeah, I want to try some, because I'm going to have to get some of that. When I was there, I got some of the, and I brought you some, the Kit Kats that are Mm -hmm. only available in Japan, and they were so good. I love They were good. I had to hold myself back because there was a lot of things I wanted to get and try. And I was like, no, no, I can't do it all in one trip. <laughs> yeah, you got to spread it out. Uh, Rusty's playing with his Dwayne the Rock Johnson toy. That's what's winking in the background. <laughs> it is literally a puppet of the rock. And you can put your hand in it and his hands move. It's a dog toy. It came in one of his bark boxes. And he freaking loves that thing. And earlier I was like, why is the rock in my bed? And then I was like, why am I complaining about that? well that's cool i'm glad you had fun at h mart did you get any like sushi or anything i did get masubi okay which is basically just a little rice block with some spam and they're like sweetened eggs i can't remember the name of it and it was so good Mm. we didn't get sushi last time steve bought everything to make sushi and it was really good. Um, you know, I'm not very adventurous, and he also bought some eel, and he made mine with um... Steve. How did you did you use like crab imitation? What yeah, did you imitation, use crab. imitation crab. Yeah, he yeah. used that for mine, and then he made eel for his. But um, you know, for me, it gets a little scary over there uh, in the, like the fish department. <laughs> I'm <laughs> like live octopi and shit, and then and frozen squid and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, me out, and I'm like, Ooh! um, and I don't want to see them chop up an octopus. I really don't. It's like they're such intelligent, beautiful creatures, and that oh, I hate that. But um, yeah, they have everything there, and it just like the smell in the fish department is horrible. It smells like you know the fish market in Seattle or something. Yeah, I tried not to venture over to that side too much because I'm not big on fish, but I did have to go over there to get my invitation crab. Ooh, did you uh, see the ramen aisle? I did, and I got some to try, and I got some for Aiden to try, and then I got some fresh, plain ramen noodles because I'm going to make 
a black bean bowl tomorrow. Mm, that sounds good. I mean, they just have like ramen from all different countries. Like, yes. all, oh my god, it's so cool. It's kind of overwhelming because you're like, well, damn, I don't know. All what different to try. flavors. Yeah, it's like, where do I start? So Ooh, I, I came across them for I came across a mac and cheese ramen, so I got it for Aiden. What? Oh my god! Okay, it's you so have to good. Try it. When he eats it, try it and tell me if it's good. Oh, I it's did. Good. He tried it tonight. It's so good. What is it? Does it taste like mac and cheese? It doesn't taste like mac and cheese specifically, but it's cheesy. Like the broth is like a cheese tasting broth. Interesting. Okay. I also like getting the plain ramen too because Steve will make like stir fry with it or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's so many different. There's also this um, five minute ramen stir fry that Matthew McConaughey's wife made and it literally takes like five minutes it's like frozen veggies um and some ramen and then like I think there's like teriyaki sauce something it's I'll find the recipe it's it literally takes five minutes and it's so freaking good oh I love that stuff all right well my sweet um for the week is I actually forgot what my sweet was because I'm now I'm hungry talking about sushi and (laughs) ramen um what is my sweet for the week? I'm trying to think. Did I buy something that I'm waiting on? <laughs> Steve goes, uh, yeah. Probably. Shut up. Shut up. Um, I don't know. I guess my sweet is that it's just like fall. It finally feels like feels fall. Feels good. Yeah. Oh, and I'm getting my nails done tomorrow. Ooh. Okay. So there's this. Uh, a nail tech that my hairstylist told me about and because she was cutting my hair I went last week and I saw her nails and I was like oh your nails are cute because they're like it's first of all it's hard to find a good nail tech because my hairstylist hit the nail on the head <laughs> no pun intended when she said that um she was tired of paying to get her nails done because every time she did she, there was like something wrong uh-huh. Like all of them look good, but then like one there's, you know, there's always, and I'm the same way. I'm like a perfectionist. So then I get home and I'm like, okay, well this nail's crooked or, you know, this is not the color I thought. Like it doesn't look this, like it was always something. So I mean, I've been doing my nails for a long time on and off for a very long time, but I've been doing them exclusively for a long time mm-hmm. or whatever. So when I saw my hairstylist nails, I was like, oh, those are really cute. And she's like, it took me forever to find someone that I like. She's like, but I love her and she's amazing. And um, so she gave me her Instagram profile and I messaged her like Thursday and like no response. She didn't, she hadn't even read it. And I was like, oh, okay. And then um, she, but sometimes like if, if someone like if you're not connected with someone it goes into that like other folder mm-hmm. and then you may never see it so I commented on one of her posts I was like oh this looks great I would love to book with you no response I was like okay <laughs> so then she posted something today and I'm like okay I know this broad has been on Instagram because she posted this today and so I commented I really love this and I would love to book with you <laughs> she messaged me and she's like I love the persistence and I was like well my dad always said if you really want something you gotta go after it and she's like dad was right and she's like listen I'm super fucked up um, it's like apparently very hard because people make their appointments in advance like when yeah. they're getting their nails done they make them in advance and of course you want it after work everyone wants to go after work she's like but listen I got a cancellation tomorrow 
what do you want? And I'll try to squeeze you in. So I like showed her what I wanted. And oh my God, Lacey, I don't, oh, I'm so excited. I just, I don't want to tell you what I'm getting. I just want to show you after I get it. Oh, okay. But I'm getting like a, like, like she does, does, she does amazing designs. Like I can't believe a person paints these by hand. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Woo! We'll see. Steve is not excited, but I'm excited. Steve's like, this is going to hurt my wallet. Yeah. And then, of course, he pulls this paper off the fridge that I wrote that I said I don't need to buy anything else, and I dated it and signed it. And he, like, literally shoves it <laughs> in his face. And he's like, bro, do you know how hard it was to get an appointment with this chick? Because at first, she was booking me out to November. And then I was like, I really wanted some Halloween nails. And I was like, well, let me get back to you for November because, like, I don't even know what I want. And she was like, all right, I can work here in tomorrow. I got a cancellation. And I was like, yes. Okay. So um, before we start talking about the book, a few things. First of all, are we just being too nitpicky with the maidens? Um, No. Because it Barnes and Noble picked it as one of their top books of twenty twenty. No, no. And so many people on Bookstagram are talking about how amazing it is, and I'm like, no. They reading that we no. (laughs) You know, I really, but a lot of these books that are in like some of these celebrities' picks and like on the bestseller list, like they should they shouldn't be there. They should not be there. I agree with you. I do think sometimes like. I think Reese's book club, Reese Witherspoon, has kind of become more of a PR machine. Right. Like the publishers, like, hey, we want, can you pick this book? Where it used to be maybe like her, and I don't know this for a fact. I'm just speculating. Maybe it used to really be her genuinely picking a book of the month. But now I feel like it's just so commercialized. Right. So I feel like it's the same way with like the bestsellers list and everything because a lot Mm. of them are, like, the same big names over and over mm-hmm. or have had, like, one previous hit and they're like, oh, well, this is going to be another good one. Like, you don't know. Read read these things. Read them. <laughs> and then so many people are posting it on Bookstagram and I'm like, there were so many holes in that plot. Yes. Okay. I'm just making sure we weren't being, like, no. unnecessarily no. hard. <laughs> we're not going to love it just because everybody else loves it. And you know what? They haven't paid us, so. Right. <laughs> Kidding. Even if they paid us, okay, like that one. I'd still book, give my truth gonna, even if they paid us. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to say the name of the book, but they did send us each a copy of it, and I rated it accurately how I felt about it on Goodreads. And that chick from the from the PR team messaged me, and she was not happy. <laughs> and she unfollowed us. I have never heard from that company ever again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want, like, people on Instagram or people that listen to our podcast, I do not want to lie to you. No. Like, oh, this book was so great. It had, it was such a great story. When yeah, it was shit. no. I do that. That's not why I got into this. Absolutely not. All right. So this is a fun thing. Um, there is a bookstagram account called Three Babes and a Book, and it's three besties, Caroline, Madison, and Zoe. And they post a lot of fun stuff. So this was thrillers to read this spooky season based on your Zodiac sign. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Okay. So we'll start with Earth sign, which neither of us are. So that's going to be Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn. And then they put 
anxious, possessive, and aloof. Oh, Siri. Siri, I'm not looking. Calm down. Okay, so if you're an earth sign, here's three babes in a book, book breaks for you. Not a Happy Family by Shari Lapina. I have it on my shelf, have not read it. Uh, you by Carolyn Kepnes. Um, yes, it's the same you that's on Netflix. So good. I need to read it. And the book, uh, hmm. I think the show's better. I, I'm going to say this one, the show is better on you. Haven't you not watched the show? Or no, maybe that's my cousin. I've watched it. However, I did not finish last season. But now that all the hype around season three is out, I'll, I'll probably finish it. Honestly, season two got really boring for me. Yeah, but it takes a turn. It takes okay. a turn. I'll finish it. All right, last book rec for Earthsign is The Silent Patient by Ugh. Alec McElitis. Uh, other book is The Maidens, which we did not like. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I hmm. The Silent Patient is really good. I've heard it's really good. It's on my isn't it his? It's his second it, book, right? The Silent Patient. That was his first. The okay. Silent Patient was his first. But right. it, it's that doctor that's in it that he put in the maidens that we were like, yeah. well, it made no sense for it to be in. Yeah. All right. So this one's for you, Lacey. Air signs. Mm-hmm. Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius. Mm-hmm. Hypercritical. <laughs> yep. Insistent and chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Those uh-huh. are the, the that's stretch. Oh, yeah, I don't think you're chaotic. Gemini, yes. Yeah, they're chaotic. Um, the Guilt Trip by Sandy Jones. The Woman in the Window by A.J. Finn. And The Wife Between Us by Greer Hendricks and Sarah. I am, it's a really small writing. Pekinen. I think that's how you say it. Um, I have not read any of those, but I have seen The Woman in the Window movie. Yeah, me too. It was good. Water signs, that's me. Cancer, Scorpio, Pisces, secretive, obsessive, yes, stubborn, mm-hmm, yep. Uh, they recommend The Hunting Wives by Mae Cobb, haven't read it. The Night Swim by Megan Golden, I have read and it's pretty good. And Local Woman Missing by Mary Kubica, and I'm actually listening to that on audiobook right now. Ooh. It's um, it's kind of hard to follow because it um, yeah. it doesn't tell you what's going on at first, and there's like, it's ten years later and now, and then you're kind of like, wait, when when was this again? Like it's kinda, I'm having a hard time following it. We'll see. We'll see how it ends up. Last book recs are fire signs: Aries, Leo, Sagittarius, impatient, jealous, impulsive. Yes, I like all of these. Okay, the wives. By Taryn Fisher. Really good book. Really what the fuck twist in that one. Uh, Verity by Colleen Hoover. Also what the fuck twist. Colleen Hoover's one of my favorites. Verity's great. I read it in one night. I could not stop reading it. And The Last Mrs. Parrish by Liv Constantine. I haven't read it, but it's on my list. So those are your book recs based on your Zodiac sign. Brought to you by Three Babes in a Book. Thanks, babes. Now we can talk about our book. What was the book we read? The Sundown Motel. I I have it sitting right here. The Sundown Motel by the Moon Saint James. 
All right. Overall, no spoilers. What did you think? Uh-oh. 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 <laughs> it was okay. It was okay. It definitely was not what I thought it was going to go. Okay. So we'll get into it. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be either. Um, go ahead and give them a synopsis. And then I'll... So without spoiling too much, this 20-year-old woman... Um, leaves college after her mother's died and goes to investigate this big secret around her aunt because one day when her aunt was working at this motel called the Sundown Motel, (laughs) she disappeared and her car was left, her personal belongings were left, and nobody even reported her missing for like four days. Mm -hmm. So she's having this like, come to me crisis and wants to know more about this big family secret because her mother just would not talk about it. Mm-hmm. And, like, she tried to ask about it a few times and her mom, like, shut it down. And she also, um, shit, what was her name? The name? Carly. Carly. She, like the rest of America, has fallen into the true crime uh, trend. Mm-hmm. So... That's just, like, another reason why she wants to go to Fell, New York, and, like, investigate for herself. So, that's how the book starts. And then Mm -hmm. it flashes back to the aunt. Which is the... Like, the month leading up to her disappearance. So, let me start with the first question. And these are a mix of Oprah's book club questions and our own. What was your favorite part of the book? just kind of like the creepy feel to it like they're very Mm -hmm. much was a creepy vibe from like Mm -hmm. the Mm get-go and you don't quite know what it is no and so viv the aunt um it's like 1982 Mm -hmm. and she was on her way to new york city to be an actress and the hitchhiker (laughs) took her the wrong way in new york and she wound up in fell which I think is south of New York City is what they kept saying. Yeah. And she left home because her parents had been divorced, and I guess it wasn't, like, a good home life situation. Their dad basically, like, abandoned them and had a new family or whatever. And um, so she stops and fell because she was with this dude in the car, and he was, like, creepy, and he was, like, touching her leg and shit, and she was like, you can just let me out here. And she goes to the motel, and she doesn't have that much money. And the lady's like, well, hey, if you just work tonight, you can, like, stay here for free or whatever. And she's like, okay. And then she just, like, winds up staying there, which I think probably happens to a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, and it's the night shift. And she's like, you know, if someone comes in, like, you just give them the key to their room. It's, like, $30, whatever. So she's working there at night. And so my favorite part of the book was the ghosts. There are fucking ghosts at this hotel. I, I did not know this was, like, a paranormal book. I just thought it was, like, a thriller, mystery, whatever. Yeah. So when they started talking about ghosts and shit, and then, like, that first night when, like, all the lights go out and she sees this woman in a flower dress and this young boy and she smells someone smoking a cigarette but there's no one there, I was like, yes, this is exactly the type of book to read before Halloween. Fab. Yes. Um, What was your least favorite part of the book? 
<laughs> so it starts to go the paranormal route, and I wish it would have went further that way instead of turning into, like, this true crime vengeance kind of thing. I agree with you. I found myself, um, I was shocked by the ghost. I loved it. And I'm glad, I was really worried it was going to be like a Scooby-Doo thing. <laughs> like the end of their, <laughs> you're not really ghosts, it's this, like this is. Oh, like, like Home After Dark? Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> started on that fucking bullshit, Riley Sager motherfucker. Um, yes, I was very worried that we were going to go in. It's not. They are legit, legitimate ghosts. They are haunting this hotel, rest assured. It's not going to be someone pulling off a mask at the end. I like true crime. So I enjoyed that aspect of it. And I liked that they mixed it together. However, I found myself, while I was reading Viv's chapters, wanting to get more Car. I was like, wow, I just really want to get a Carly's chapter. I don't yeah. know why. I guess because, okay, here's my least favorite thing. Viv becomes a little detective. And she, okay, the reason she becomes a detective is she starts living in this town, right? Because she's got a a night job. And she moves in with this roommate. And come to find out, there's, like, um, kind of a serial killer on the loose. He strikes, like, every two years. And it's, like, a woman and horrible, horrible circumstances. And she's like, well, that's really weird. So she decides she's going to start investigating it. And she befriends, like, the night shift cop who's a woman. She's the only woman on the police force, and they make her work the night shift. She also befriends a photographer who does some freelance photography for the police department, like crime scenes and things like that. So she starts getting information, and she notices this traveling salesman that comes Mm -hmm. to the motel, and she remembered him. But when he comes back, he checks in with a different name, and she's like – because they have to, like, sign this book. When they check in or whatever. She's like, that's really weird. Like, why would you do that? Well, then when she starts investigating the murders, one of the murders was last seen by a neighbor who was talking to a traveling salesman. So she's like, oh, my God, I just fucking busted this case wide open. So she talks to Alma, the police officer, and Alma's like, listen, we had really good detectives on this. You know, and in one of the murders, the boyfriend had been convicted. And another yeah. one of the murders, yeah. they were trying to put this homeless man away. But for whatever reason, th- there was some circumstantial, circumstantial evidence he got off on. But she's like, I don't think it was the boyfriend or whatever. I, I Like, here's why I think that. And so she just starts becoming a detective. And she's 20. She has no background in this. And it it, it felt, I don't know why I didn't like that. I was like, hmm. This doesn't feel right. And, like, the cop kept, like, Viv kept trying to tell the night cop all this. The night cop was like, "Mm, no, no. I mean, I'm not a detective, but this doesn't sound right. No, no, no. And I'm like, but shouldn't you be the first one to believe her? Because (laughs) you are a cop. She did do very good work. I mean, she put things together that no one else put together. So maybe she just does have a natural knack for it. But just reading it. It did not make sense to me. Like, yeah, I like true crime. I like reading shit, but I'm not like. She, it's to the point where she starts following this man and yeah, putting. Yeah, you, you have to also remember this is 1982. 
They didn't have mm-hmm. access to all the true crime stuff we do now. Mm-hmm. So it would be even more unnatural for her to know all of this and for her to yeah. do this yeah. with no background, especially with no family background in law yes. enforcement. I could understand if her father was a cop or something, it would come. She would know more about it, but no. <laughs> I mean, no. Dateline wasn't even on then. Like, what was yeah. her exposure to murder? <laughs> Gosh. Um, Cagney and Lacey, which they kept mentioning. She does mention that. Okay, but then later <laughs> she was like, um, "No, you know, no TV show ever showed me how to investigate this. Like, bitch, have you ever heard of Dragnet or Kojak? Those are both fucking police procedural shows that were on during that time. And I know and this you, because I used to watch reruns with my grandma. And you keep mentioning Cagney and Lacey, so obviously there was some type of yeah. TV show. Another police procedural procedural. Procedural. <laughs> I have an abnormally large tongue. It is hard for me to to uh, say things sometimes. <laughs> so next question. What's I bet Steve's giving a look. He's doing homework actually. <laughs> what class are you doing homework for? He's doing homework for principles of management. Hmm. Boring. Is that the law one? Mm. He has some other class where it's like the laws of some shit, and it's so. Just hearing him talk about it, I'm like, wow. Business law, Business law or some shit. Oh my oh. god. They have to like write everything like a freaking lawyer would write it. I'm like, oh my god. Um. Okay, back to the book. Was it a fast or slow read, and why? It's pretty fast. slow for me like I read it over the two weeks in between episodes like I started it pretty early um I want I was just really busy I wanted to read more maybe if I like wouldn't have had anything else to do I could have you would have yeah it was just average for me maybe Um, it was fast for me because I kept flipping through vivs pretty fast because I just I was like you I mean just I didn't want yeah I don't know why I wanted more Carly I don't I don't know. Um, which event, scene, or character has stuck with you the most? Um, the woman in the flower dress. Betty. Mm-hmm. Yes. The first ghost. I think that they both see, both Viv and Carly, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Oh, so we've left out a huge part. So Carly, coming to investigate, gets a job at the same fucking motel working on the same, same shift. At her aunt work because... She, like, went to ask questions, and they were like, hey, we're hiring. And she's like, well, this would be a really good way to, like, investigate. So, yeah, I'll take the job. And then she, like, moves in with a roommate there. Yeah, she moves into <sighs> her aunt's old apartment. Oh, you're right. Because yep. she goes to see if anyone still lives there. And then the girl's yep. like, hey, are you here for the ad? And she's like, about the roommate? She's like, oh, yeah, I am. I just want to see in the apartment. And then she fucking moves into the actual Yep. Yeah. Weird. And they Three. say she has a resemblance when she meets some of these people. Mm. Yeah, that was creepy. Um, so she moves there too, and so she's working the night shift, and it starts out the same way. She smells the cigarette smoke. She's like, "There's no one checked in. Who the fuck is smoking? There's no one there." Then she sees the woman in the flower dress, and she's like, "Oh my god." Um. The first time she actually sees Betty, Nick is there, too. And Nick is someone from Fell. 
Oh, there's also doors opening. That's another thing that starts happening is all the doors on the second floor will just start like opening. So she thought she's like, well, there's no one signed in in the book. And this is Carly we're talking about. So she goes up to like check it out. And then there's a man in one of the rooms and he has a gun. And she's like, oh, what the fuck? And he's like, oh, I'm Nick. Um, The owner, Chris, let's me stay here. Like we've worked out a deal. And she's like, well, why aren't you in the book? He's like, because I've worked it out with Chris. Goodbye. And he is his dad killed his brother. So he like left town for a while and then came back or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And of course he's like insanely hot and she's like instantly attracted to him. <laughs> Which like yeah. honestly, same. And he's like, you don't want me. I'm a bad boy. And she's yeah. Like, but I do. He's like, well, that just makes me want you even more. <laughs> oh, typical, typical. Um, yeah, so I agree. So why has Betty stuck with you the most? Uh, because, like, when both of the women see her, like, she looks like a normal woman until they get to her face. And they don't really tell you what about her face is off, but they tell you, like, there's pain and fury and, like, a sadness there. But they don't explain why, and they don't explain, like, if anything's missing from her face or, like, added to her face. They do later on, however, say, like, after they find the the police report and find out what happens to her, that they do see scratches on her face and bruises Mm -hmm. on her back and stuff like that. Blood on her hands, I think. Yeah. Well, that was after she beat on the door when Viv was in there with somebody. And the first time Viv sees her... She bangs on the hood of Viv's car because Viv is getting scared from all the lights going out and trying to leave. And she tells her to run. She's like, run. I don't think she says anything to Carly the first time she sees her. But Nick sees it, too. And then she just kind of stands there. And Nick, like, grabs her arm and puts her into his truck. And they, like, leave. And she's like, did we just see the same fucking thing? And he's like, (laughs) yup. But he had seen her before. So he's at the motel because he came home. He has been dealing with so many issues since the murder of his brother mm-hmm. and he, at one point he was also a young i think he was a teenager yeah it said he was like 14 14 16 somewhere between there and he was suspected at one point and so he's kind of like a town pariah and he's come back and he started staying at the hotel and he realized for like the first time since this happened he could sleep he's like i don't know why at this shitty hotel but I can actually sleep here. And, like, the first time I checked in, I slept for, like, three days straight or something. So that's why he's staying at this hotel. And he tells Carly all of this. And he's like, yeah, one night when I was asleep, I woke up and the flower dress lady was sitting at the foot of my bed. But then I just, like, went back to sleep. And that was, like, the only other time I saw her. Like, she hasn't tried to say anything. Well, Viv starts to notice because, it, it, you know, it's flashing back between Carly and Viv. Viv starts to notice that the hotel and Betty come alive when this traveling salesman checks in mm-hmm. there's really not other any hauntings until his like his energy is there so that's another thing that she's like trying to piece together betty's murder with the other two murders that she thinks the traveling salesman has committed um so we'll go to the next question. What did you think of the writing? Are there any standout sentences or vocabulary? Mm, no standout sentences or vocabulary. But is it like a thing right now for people to flash back and forth between POVs? Because I hate it. <laughs> this is like um, the fifth 
book in a row. (laughs) You know, maybe it's a part of the thriller genre. Because we do see, I do see it in thrillers a lot, um, or like historical fiction, or we've been seeing it everywhere right now. Yeah, it's. I mean, I'm trying to think back books I read a long time ago that you know I can't really think of any that had flashbacks. When it's done well, it serves its purpose. This one yeah. wasn't bad. I mean, this one we needed that information and we needed Viv's insight. I feel like to kind of. But I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it had the flashback and forth so much. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. But there wasn't ever a point where you're like, I don't need to know this. I was just like, I would like to get more Carly time, but it wasn't like, yeah. wow, that was wasteful. I didn't need to know that. No, you always find out something, but I feel like it could have been flashback and forth less. Yeah. But yeah, there have been a lot of flashbacks lately. You're totally right. Um, I agree. No like standout sentences or vocabulary. But the writing flowed. It was a good yeah. it was a good story. Like Would it didn't you, lag. No, it didn't lag. Would you want to read another book by this author? I would, yeah. Yeah, me too. Did reading the book impact your mood in any way? How and where? I mean, I got the suspense. Yeah. There was a few times I was scared to walk out into the living room in the dark. <laughs> in the dark, yeah. Betty. When all the lights go out. You here, Betty? <laughs> Betty, I'm just getting some water. Show out. What surprised you most about the book? Okay. Spoiler, because we're getting to that time. Fucking Viv is still alive. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We got to tell the whole story. So... Viv starts following the traveling salesman because she's like, he's the killer. I'm going to prove it. She's like, she is legit. Like, so she works nights and during the day, she's not sleeping. She's following this man. Mm-hmm. And she sees him one day looking at this young girl that she thinks is like 14 or 15. I think she turns out to be like 16 or 17. Yeah. Doesn't make it better. But he sees her riding her bike and she sees this look in his eyes and she's like, oh my God, a hunter has like found his prey or whatever. And so she follows him and he like goes to her choir concert one night and he, and this girl, Tracy lives like two towns away. So she calls the school. Oh, and I love Viv's calling skills because her just sitting there <laughs> with her crackers and her phone book was like me and Lacey's from the time we were 10 to like 15. Her prank that, calls. Yeah. That's all we did is we got out the fucking phone book and fucking prank call people. <laughs> Different accents and everything. Yes accent different stories oh man that really made me flash back to that time but she's like she's calling his work to get a schedule she's calling his wife acting like she's his work to get a schedule she um she calls the principal of the girl that he saw that she saw the traveling salesman look at and she's like i'm another kid's mom and i saw this man looking at tracy really weird and i'm concerned about it and i want to make sure you're keeping our students safe she writes a letter to Tracy's parents warning them that this man has been following her and then she winds up, Tracy winds up dead. And yeah. she's like, I fucking want them. And they let her go to her friend's house and she was like riding her bike home from her friend's house and he got her. Um, and the so, mother believed the letter. The mother completely yes. believed that the letter was legit. Yes. And the parents wound up getting divorced. 
over that because I think the dad was like, we need to let her live. And she was like, we've had a fucking warning and we didn't listen to it. Um, so we'll get like more into details, but Viv tries to, she tries to go to almost several times and almost like you have to bring me something concrete because I cannot stake my career on this because if I go to them with what you have, I'm going to like, this is going to be my job. Mm -hmm. And so you got to get me something. That's why she starts following them. So after she's killed, after he's killed Tracy, she's like, he checks into the hotel one night and she's like, this ends tonight. She like goes to his room and is like going through his stuff when he steps out and she, he catches her and then he like fucking confesses everything to her. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, he's like, I did it all. And then she asked him about each woman. He's like, oh, she was a mistake. Oh yeah. I really liked her. Oh, I was in love with Betty. Betty Betty, mine. yep. Yep. And then she's like, well, why did you do it again after Betty? And he's like, to see if I could. It's so gross. And she fucking stabbed him with her hunting knife that she had bought to protect herself. And I was like, damn, babe. And then she, like, stabs him in the neck. And then she calls Marnie, the photographer. (laughs) Marnie is a good friend because there ain't no fucking way I'd show up. Marnie goes. Okay, so Marnie, Viv and and Marnie meet because Marnie is a freelancing photographer and there's this couple that are cheating on their spouses that stay in the hotel yes and she sees that car and so she goes out there and she's like what are you doing and she's like a lawyer hired me i don't really know i'm just taking pictures of these people and she i really like marnie marnie was a good character and before um viv confronts the traveling salesman in the present time carly's doing this investigation Mm -hmm. and they find this barn that has a car in it and they smell decomp. Okay. First of all, how the fuck are they going to smell that 35 years later? Yeah. And Carly's like, Oh my God, that's my aunt. That's where her body's been this whole time. So they call the police. And guess what? It's not Carly. It's a man. And at that moment, you know, you know who it is, even though it hasn't explained it in Viv's timeline, which that's a, that's another thing I did not like. This book was extremely predictable. Yeah. You could see that it coming was. from away. I knew she was still alive, Viv, and I knew she had killed him, and I knew Marnie and Alma were covering for her because when Carly kept trying to question them, they had very roundabout answers, and I'm like, they're covering for something. They know exactly what's happened and exactly where Viv is. I didn't really guess that Viv was alive. I thought maybe that she had gotten killed and then one of the two ladies still alive killed the guy. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you could definitely see that everybody was covering for something. Yeah. Yeah. So, then at the end, um, oh, there's this dude that, because Car- Carly's been going to oh, the library yes. in the archives, and there's this really hot dude that dresses really well but she says like from the moment she meets him creep factor um so what does she do she agrees to go out for coffee with him late at night even though her body is literally telling her there's something up with this guy and okay this was also weird he was the traveling salesman grandson mm-hmm. and he has like this vendetta against Viv because he like knows what's up and so he attacks Carly one night And Nick saves her or whatever. And then Viv comes out and she's like, oh, I've been living in Fell all this time, but my name is something Fawcett now. That was so stupid. (laughs) Like, no one recognized her. Yeah, right. Um, 
Well, she did keep to herself, though. So. She did. She did keep to herself. And um, so, yeah, she's alive. And at the end, after they find the body, everyone's like, all right, the truth has got to come out now. So Viv, like, winds up in jail or whatever. Mm. So that's what surprised you most. What surprised me most is that a dead body would still smell after 35 years. Yeah, I don't know if there's much research on that, so who's to say? Okay, I mean, there probably is. <laughs> there probably is with all these true crimes. <laughs> on Slate.com, it's called The Nose Nose. And the, and the article, Can Cadaver Dogs Really Sniff Out 30-Year-Old Remains? And this is written by Katie Waldman. Basically, it says that the dog, if you have the right dog, Yes, the dog can smell it. It says genetics matter. Beagles, bloodhounds, German shepherds, and Labrador retrievers are best. Although many breeds are appropriate as long as the dogs prove smart and eager to please. What this article is saying that, yes, a dog can smell a dead body after 30 years. Dogs can smell a lot of things that we can't smell. They can smell like changes in our hormones. I do not believe two human beings standing in a dilapidated barn would be able to smell this dead body. That trunk is not airtight. Like, all of that would have seeped out. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. Especially in that old of a car. Yes. These they did say that there was, like, rust holes and all kinds of stuff. And these... And, and I do, I do... I mean, we should probably look... We should have probably looked this up. But because they also said that Carly didn't know if... The puddle underneath the trunk of the car was oil or Mm. if it was old blood. If it was old blood, I feel like it would have already gone away in 35 years for sure. Like, maybe not the decomposing smell. I'm not too sure about that. But the blood, I think, would have been gone. Yeah, especially if the roof's, like, caved in when it fucking rains. I mean, I don't think blood's going to – okay, although I say blood wouldn't stain concrete. However, true story. At my old apartment, (laughs) my bachelorette pad. I had this really bad um, blood blister on my finger that would, like, bust open and fucking bleed everywhere and then heal up and then do it again. And so I was, like, carrying groceries in one night. And, you know, you got to carry in 17 bags at once because I lived on the third yeah. floor. And I was not yeah, making you ain't going nowhere. Yeah. And it busted. And there was blood all over the concrete and, like, in the entryway to my apartment. And it never came out. Like, from the time I moved out, it was still there. So... Yeah, but we're not talking concrete and when this barn was built, because this was, like, late 70s. Okay. That is is a very good point. And they wrapped them up in a shower curtain. Yeah. Hello. Mm. Yeah, I I agree with you. I don't think the blood would have been there either. Um, Crap, where were we? What's past you most? We passed that. How did your opinion of the book change when you reached the ending? I mean, it was just kind of okay. Yeah, it was anticlimactic. Right, because we could see most of it coming. Mm-hmm. And then Carly decides to stay and fill. Surprise. And her and Nick are on a date. Yeah. That um how does the book's title work in relation to the book's content? It works. It works. Works. Overrated or underrated? What does it have on Goodreads? On Goodreads, it has 4.03. I gave it it's a four about on, Yeah, it's about on par. Okay. 
Okay. Uh, remind, did this book remind you of any other books? I'm going to say I no. Mean, sort of. Because, I mean, there's been ghosts at hotels before, so that's not a new thing, but. I think there's a ghost mixed with the true crime. It was unique. A little bit, because, I mean, there have been ghost movies and stories, or at least paranormal movies and stories that have, like, shown the leading person, the murderer of somebody else or something like that, you know, but. Like Sinister, who's a true crime novelist. Yeah. That movie still scares the fuck out of me. Oh, my God. (laughs) Do you like that movie? It's all right. (laughs) Okay. What's a scary, what's a movie that scares you? I don't get scared by movies real (laughs) (laughs) Nothing, (laughs) nothing scares you. No, not really. That's because you don't watch it since you're like five. Right. <laughs> uh, but I mean, the Terrifier was pretty good. The what? Terrifier. Yeah. It was on Netflix. I don't know if it still is. I'd have to look it up. But it's been, it's a recent horror movie. It's been within the last yeah. two or three years. Should I watch it? <laughs> oh, no, I shouldn't. It's good. Was it's it good. scarier than Haunting the Hill House? <sighs> I mean, that wasn't really scary. That was pretty freaky, Lacey. For the normal (laughs) person, that was a pretty freaky experience. (laughs) Sorry, it could have been done better. I tell you what could have been done better. Fucking Bly Manor, but let's not get into that bullshit. Have you watched um, Midnight Mass? Yes. Is it good? Every, my mom told me, my mom and my coworker were like, oh my god, you have to watch it. It's a very different take on the Bible. Oh. But it's like the same dude, the same producer or something that did Hill House, and then it has the same guy from Bly Manor in it. With the mustache. Very handsome, by the way. <laughs> the mustache. Yeah, you know, in Bly Manor, he's like the chef or whatever. He's got that real thick 80s mustache. Mm, I don't remember. I'll I send you a picture. Okay. Um, how did this book impact you? Do you think you'll remember it in a few months or years? Mm, probably not. I might. Um, this is, so this motel is what Steve and I call a Winchester motel in that it's the type of place Sam and Dean Winchester from Supernatural yeah. would. Yeah. <laughs> they would have totally been there the first time the lights went out. Yeah, and then with the add in the ghost. Oh yeah, they're coming to yeah. fucking burn that place to the yeah, ground. Yeah, they'd have been gone. Um, would you read? No, because I do not read most books. Would you? Mm-mm, no. I never. I always skip this question because the answer is usually you. However, who do you want to read this book and why? I. Tagged the book bandit Kelly and I was like, "Girl, you need to read this because I feel like it's something she would really enjoy." Even with all of the the obvious, <laughs> yeah, because I still think. Um, I mean, I it still had it was still good. It was still suspenseful, yeah. you know. It still had you. It's still enjoyable trying to piece together these true crimes of these girls and figure out who it was. I mean, you knew who it was because there was only one suspect. 
Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, I just wish everything wasn't so obvious. Yeah. Like, I, I was really thinking it. it was, most books will be like, oh, it's the traveling salesman. Surprise! It's not. It's this guy. Nope. It is exactly what yeah. you think is going to happen happens, and it is exactly who you think it is. Yeah. Um, they don't try to take you on different paths. They're just like, oh, well, this is the last person that one of these yeah. women talked to, and they get on that trail, and that's who it is. Yes. There's no windy paths that take no. you down different nothing. It is straight and narrow the whole way. Um, any lingering questions or plot holes from the book that you're still thinking about? I mean, we said a few. Yeah. Does a dead body still smell? If you know, please email us to bookroomsworldpodcast at gmail.com. I also kind of wish it would have been a real twist if Nick would have been dead. Okay. I was wondering that too. I was, cause, but then I was like, well, he's at the diner with them. And right. He usually goes That's how you knew he wasn't. Like yeah. Yeah. I was wondering that too. I was also wondering if her roommate was dead. Yeah. The Heather chick, because she had some quirks um, going on with her, too. I think something, like, happened to her, mm. like, physically, like some of these other women, and that's kind of why she got so into this with her, yeah. with, with Carly. Um, my, The biggest plot hole, I feel, is when she kills him, the traveling salesman, she's instantly like, we got to hide the body. Um, Bitch, claim self-defense. Yeah. She has bruises and shit all over her. Like, And this was 1982. They're going to believe her. I mean, most especially women. If she yeah, especially if she would have called the woman cop that was on night duty. Yes. Most women are not just going to go stab some dude in the fucking chest and neck for no reason. Hello. Well. <laughs> well. There are women serial killers, too. Uh, fair, but it was a small town, and I felt like she would have gotten off. You know what I mean? I but this know. was a dark small town. It was. That's true. All right. Well, I'm gonna read um, Amy's review. So she, Amy is who picked this book. This was our listener's pick, and she selected this book. It was a great read, Amy. Good job. Yeah, it was. We enjoyed it. We did. Um, and she also sent a phenomenal review. So this is all from Amy. She is. At Amy underscore always reading. I heard the buzz about this one last year and added it to my lengthy to be read pile. Horror really isn't my go to genre. Pause. Is this horror? I wouldn't consider this horror. I was confused when I was hashtagging it because I thought it was like thriller, but then when I started reading about the ghost and I was like, is this horror? No, I wouldn't consider it horror. That's not horror. I feel like horror is like unexplainable stuff and like, like clown in a cornfield horror yeah yeah like just murdering rampage and all this other stuff i feel like this leaned more towards a thriller true crime type yes but i was just i was just asking for myself because i've been really confused on that okay back to amy's review um horror really isn't my go-to genre but the premise of this one really fascinated me just not enough to move its way off of my to be read until now And now all I can say is, why did I wait? Fortunately for me, I read it at just the right time. This is the perfect October read. Ghosts, Mm -hmm. murders, and a serial killer. It's literally all of the things you ask for of an eerie book. Carly's mother has just died. She is entrenched 
and sorrow. Looking for a way to connect, she seeks answers to the family secret. Her Aunt Viv vanished into thin air decades ago. But what happened to her? Channeling her grief into action, Carly moves to Fell, New York, where her aunt disappeared. It's not enough to be in Fell. Carly must walk in her aunt's shoes. A few shifts at the nearly abandoned old, old motel where her aunt was last seen. What could go wrong? St. <laughs> mm-hmm. James creates the perfect atmosphere full of eerie vibes. Every time those lights at the sundown started to flicker, my heart started to race. The sense of foreboding is intense and kept me on the edge of my seat. The dual timelines between Carly and Viv work well and kept me engrossed in the storyline. I love a strong kick-butt female protagonist, and in this story, we get two. That's a very good point. Did I have to suspend reality a bit? Yes. Two young <laughs> This is perfect, Amy. I feel exactly the same way. Two young girls managed to unravel a mystery that cops cannot, but yeah. ultimately, everything else was done so adeptly in this book that I was willing to overlook the implausible. I've passed old roadside motels often in travel. They've always intrigued me, but I'll never want to stay in one thanks to the sundown. (laughs) (laughs) She said, thoughts I didn't include in my review. I would have actually liked it to have been a bit more scary. I felt the intensity, but I kind of wanted a bit more. Right. Agree. Totally agree. Yeah, because they make it this big thing, like the doors open, you can't close them because if you close and lock them, they still come right back open. Like all Mm -hmm. of the power goes out. Right before Betty shows up and everything, and like no electronics work. Like I, I'm like mm-hmm. I would like a bit more of that too as well. Yes, we have another review. Um, this one's from Wine and Cheese Reads. This is um this account is by Allison and Jill, and so this is their review. Uh, Viv and Carly have never met, but Carly is enchanted by the mystery surrounding her aunt's disappearance. Carly moves to Viv's last known place. Fell New York determined to find answers. Carly quickly falls in step with her aunt by working at the same motel on the overnight shift as her aunt had before disappearing without a trace. Carly comes to Fell for one reason, but soon finds out that the sundown has more in store for her. The Sundown Motel was my first Simone St. James novel and still one of my favorite psychological mystery ghost stories. I have to admit, I'm not a huge fan of the supernatural in a novel format. However, St. James changed my mind within reading the first chapter of Sundown. St. James skillfully juggles two timelines in which readers follow Viv in 1982 and her niece Carly in 2017. The author flawlessly intertwines both storylines, mirroring the events and experiences of both narrators. The motel comes alive with the the detailed scene setting St. James provides, and the reader becomes immersed in ghostly terror and supernatural mayhem. With its haunting secrets and ghostly past, the motel quickly becomes its own character and probably my favorite. Agree. The Sundown has a lot to tell, and she's going to make sure you hear it. Certainly a book to be read in one sitting and well into the night. But beware, you'll see the Sundown in your dreams. <laughs> I uh, Okay, that's a very good point, that the motel is kind of its own. Yeah. Book. Yeah, I agree. I love when inanimate objects become, like, possessed. Like, yeah. Yeah. Love that. Um, I did a poll on our Instagram. Did you enjoy the book? 86% said yes. 14% said no. So, all in all, it was a good read. Good job, Amy. Good pick. Thanks for picking that for us. Good pick. Yeah, it was. Any lingering thoughts? No, I think we covered it all. All right. Next pick is in two weeks. 
lacy mm-hmm. picked this one. It's mm-hmm. technically November 2nd, but it's still Halloween, so we're going to go with a scary. So what did you pick? Close enough. Okay. Let me know if this if 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 I go silent because I have to like click out of the app. <laughs> <laughs> I have it in front of me if you want me to say it. So it is. Can you hear me though? Yes, I can. Okay. Hear. <laughs> it is the companion by Katie Allender. Allender. Yep. I just got it today from Amazon, actually. So it sounds good. Um, is this horror? Uh, yes. Okay. It's a young adult. It is. It is. But I got it off of Goodreads horror list. Mm-hmm. They have a yeah. list of horror movies. Or not horror movies. Sorry. They have a list of horror books based on like release year. And this was on one of them. Right. Yeah, it like just came out a few weeks ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, ooh, Joanne, I don't know if it's out in the UK. I will check that for you. Um, I have nothing against young adult. Clown in the Cornfield was young adult, and that book was freaking fabulous. Yes. So I'm excited to read this. I already have it. I'm so last night I started the X Hex. Uh, I'm gonna ooh. finish this pretty quick. Yeah, I'm already like a hundred pages into it. So I'll start the companion probably like Wednesday or Thursday. The companion is available on Amazon UK. Perfect, Joanne. There you go. I think she does Audible a lot. So as well, long as if it's, it's on, if it's available it's on, on Amazon, Amazon UK, it should be available on Audible or something else as well. Perfect. All right. So two weeks. Um, we'll read the companion. Send us your photos. Send us your reviews. Your thoughts. Your questions. Concerns, comments, two bookworms one podcast at gmail.com. Or on Instagram at two bookworms one podcast. I'm just looking over my notes. I don't have anything else, so I guess that's it. Okay. Adios. Bye guys. I really just want to be like Samuel Jackson be like, Adios, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Is he the one that says that or does someone else say that? I feel like any F bomb is Samuel L. Jackson. It is. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye. Little, say bye.